Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Midweek in the Word. Thanks for coming back and joining us for another episode. We're excited to have you with us on the podcast, and I'm excited for a new special guest that we have with us this week. You won't know her voice, um, but let me introduce her. I am joined by Elizabeth Carlson, our deacon of missions here at Faith Bible Church, who works with Mike, our our body life pastor. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Glad to have you. And I'm I'm excited, listeners, for you to hear a little bit from Elizabeth to get to know her just a bit more. But before we get to that, uh, let me just remind you that this last week, Tom continued his Simply Jesus sermon series. Um, Obviously, we had passion. We've got got Passion Week. We've got Holy Week this week. We've got Easter coming up. And so this last Sunday, Tom was talking about Palm Sunday and the significance to that uh, to us as believers. Uh, If you missed Tom's message, I'd really encourage you to go back and find that on our website. You can either find it at faithbiblelincoln.org. If you click on our resources tab and click on the sermons button, you can find all those old sermons. Um, You can also find us on our podcast app. Uh, If you just search for Faith Bible Lincoln or Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, just select the podcast with the black background and the white letters, and you can catch up on any sermons you've missed, whether they be from Tom or someone else in the pulpit. Uh, but listeners, I'm excited for this week, and so we're we're taking this week's episode, and, and we're we're doing something a little bit different. We've got Elizabeth on the podcast because we've got a special engagement opportunity for us, a gospel opportunity right here in Lincoln um, that you may be a little bit surprised by, and that's why I've asked Elizabeth to join me on the podcast this week. Um, but Elizabeth, I expect that many of our listeners don't know you personally, and so I want to give them the chance to get to know you before we jump into this opportunity. Uh, so as best you can, if you can give it a shot. Uh, Some have done well, some have struggled a little bit to keep it under a minute, Uh, but can you give us your one-minute testimony? Yeah. Um, Well, I grew up in a home where my parents really took seriously God's command in Deuteronomy 6, Mm -hmm. 6 and 7, to be impressing God's commands on the children, to be talking about it when you're going and when you're coming, when you're sitting at home, when you're you're getting up. And so um, that was something that they really wanted to do. They actually... Even before we were born, my dad would get out his Bible and sit next to my mom's tummy and read the Bible to us. I don't know that I got a lot out of it at that point, Um, but it shows their just their commitment to be having that a part of their life. Um, And so I remember first being impacted by the gospel when I was really young. I was only four, and I was being naughty, (laughs) and I was getting in trouble for it, and I was actually being disciplined. And I have a very vivid memory of sitting on my mom's lap. Um, and she explained to me that what I had just done was sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and she explained how that sin separated me from God. And it hit me because I knew at that moment I was a sinner. I couldn't get away from the fact that I was a sinner. I just had done something wrong. I knew it was wrong. Um, and so then when she tied that in to explain how Jesus had come to die for me, it clicked. And mm-hmm. I realized I needed a Savior. So mm-hmm. I didn't grasp all the deep theological <laughs> things that were happening at that moment. No. Um, but I was very aware that I was a sinner and that I needed God to save me. And now I have my own four-year-old. Um, actually, <laughs> because of the way our kids are spaced out, we have had a toddler or a preschooler for the last 18 years. Ooh. And so I really appreciate that in the midst of the chaos of parenting little kids, the milk, spilled milk and the Band-Aids and the temper tantrums, um, that my mom took that opportunity to 
not just deal with the problem at the moment, but to point my heart towards Christ. Hmm. And it's such a cool reminder as we've been studying the gospel in different areas of life, that the gospel has this incredible depth that we can explore for the rest <laughs> of our lives. And it also is so incredibly straightforward yeah. that a four-year-old can understand it. Yeah. Uh, cool reminder that way. Um, so take, take a minute, um, now that you've introduced yourself, what, mm-hmm. what is your role at the church? What exactly do you do as the deacon of <laughs> missions? Well, I've been on the missions council for a number of years. So then a couple of years ago when the church moved to having deacons in a more official capacity, I stepped into that role. And it's a lot of administration, just helping <laughs> right. all the different facets of the of the missions program at Faith to be able to run and to function. Um, I work with Pastor Mike to um, and the missions council um, mm. to develop issues of policy and um, to really refine our missions definition and what is faith supposed to be about? What does the Bible teach is missions and are we doing that? Um, I do a lot of trying to support and encourage the people who are on the field, making sure they're doing okay. I've had the opportunity to mentor some young women who are considering God's call to missions, as well as walking through somebody, not walking through somebody, walking with somebody (laughs) as uh, she moved towards a mission field. I get to help teach missions to the elementary kids. That's one of my Mm. favorite things through Sunday school and VBS. Um, So a lot of it is just making sure that mission stays in front of our eyes at Faith Bible Church and that we're um, following it as best as we understand biblically. Hmm. Very good. Well, we appreciate all the time and energy you put into that. I know Mike has a passion for that that he's always talking to me about, to be sure, yeah. and I'm sure that's <laughs> partially from your passion there as well. Uh, finally, what's a what's a personal favorite verse of yours, and why is that so significant to you? I love Psalm 67, um, and it starts out, may God be gracious to us and bless mm. us and cause his face to shine upon us. Now, who wouldn't love that verse, right? right. <laughs> um, but then it goes on from there and says, and it's a prayer to God so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be God mm-hmm. and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity. Um, and I love that because it's not just a prayer for God's blessing, but it puts in perspective that I'm not seeking God's blessing because I want to have a Christian take on the American dream. Yeah. Um, but that as as God's people, we're actually called to glorify Him. So I have this actually on a sign in my kitchen, and it reminds me when I'm sweeping up the Cheerios, when I'm wiping the milk, when I'm doing school with my <laughs> kids, when I'm sitting there working on mission stuff for a church, that God's desire is for the people to praise Him, not just a lot of people from one area of the world, but mm. that he, His desire is for all the peoples to praise Him, and that the things that I do as His child, whether it's the daily life at home or more ministry-oriented things are all focused then to help the peoples come to praise Him. Mm. Very good. Uh, Listeners, can you tell that Elizabeth has a background in studying the Bible? Context, context, (laughs) context, right? If you've been listening last year, you know that we've been harping on that subject for a while. Uh, Excellent reminder of we exist to glorify God. cool. I I appreciate you sharing that. But listeners, today, um, Elizabeth and I want to encourage you about an opportunity. We want to be uh, inviting you to be praying for Lincoln's Muslim population over the course of Ramadan, which you may not even know what that is. Uh, Don't worry, we'll introduce that here a little bit. Um, But before we get to that, um, I just just want to share, or I want to ask Elizabeth to share here a little bit about the cross-cultural ministry opportunities we have right here in Lincoln, because likely many of our listeners aren't familiar Mm -hmm. with just the incredible opportunity we have, Elizabeth. So can you describe a little bit for our listeners, what is is the nature of our current season here in Lincoln when it comes to cross-cultural ministry? 
Well, actually, 7% of Lincoln residents are immigrants. They were born in a country other than the United States. Hmm. And then another 7% are actually native born, but they have a one or more parents that is an immigrant. So Lincoln is really becoming a global city. Hmm. Um, one of the people that Faith Bible Church supports that serves actually among immigrant population in Lincoln put together a prayer list of 40 different, 40 distinct ethnic groups in Lincoln, hmm. and that was not a complete list. Um, wow. I also just looked up today that there are 50 languages spoken in LPS. So we have the opportunity here, just living in Lincoln, to literally interact with people from all over the entire world. Wow. That is... I, I'm sure that comes... I mean, every time you say those sort of numbers, I've heard some of them, <laughs> like we said before, between you and Mike, it, it just strikes me as that incredible reality. Yeah. We don't think about ourselves as being in a global city here in mm-hmm. the middle of Nebraska and kind of kind of the middle of nowhere, yeah. right, in the United States. Um, okay, so then the follow-up question to that would be is, what what unique gospel opportunities mm-hmm. do we then have as a result of, of what God has been doing for years, apparently, bringing people to Lincoln? Yeah. Well, I'm going to back up just a little bit because in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus tells his disciples to go make disciples of all nations. And when we hear the word nations, we tend to think of geographical or political nations. So we think of like the nation of the United States of America. But the idea there isn't so much nations, but that um, more of people groups. Mm. So it's a, it's a group of people that's defined not by by the nations as we think of them, but as uh, by language, by culture, and by an ethnic identity. Mm. Um, so according to Joshua Project, there are about a little more than 17,000 people groups in the world today. And we can say from the scriptures that God, God's intention is to bring people to himself from each of those 17,000 people groups. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but right now, a little over 7,000 of those people groups remain unreached. So that means that within those 7,000 people groups, there aren't enough Christians or there are no Christians who can, in that people group, spread the gospel. Mm. So they need somebody from outside of that people group to come in and to share the gospel with them. Um, so maybe maybe this will help, maybe this won't help. But um, think of if we were having a big lunch at church and we're in the big room. Maybe it's not COVID anymore. So we have tables <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We have tables set up there and we're sitting at a table together and you say to me, hey, I've got some great news and you share this great news with me. Well, we can spread that news around our table, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all sitting there together. So we still have to make effort to do it, to pass it on, but we can do it. But how will the people sitting at the next table ever mm-hmm. hear that good news? Naturally, they won't because they're over there in their own group. So somebody from our table would have to get up and move and cross some boundaries and go to the other table and share that good news with them for that group, that news to spread in that group. So that's a little bit of the idea of unreached people groups is they're in a group and there aren't Christians there to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. So somebody from the outside needs to come into their group in order to get the gospel going in that group so that it can spread there. So in Lincoln right now, the amazing thing is that God is starting to break down some of those boundaries, those barriers that we have just spreading the gospel, because God is bringing people from unreached people groups all over the world, and he's taking them and he's sticking them right here. What would it take to go to Afghanistan? It would be really hard for me to go to Afghanistan. Mm. But I, for four years, had an Afghan friend, and I could go over to her house every week here in Lincoln, Mm. and I could teach her English, and I could eat 
interesting food with her, and she could play with my kids, and we could build relationships. So that is one of the opportunities that God is doing through bringing all these different nations right here to Lincoln, Nebraska. He's opening doors there Hmm. to spread his gospel. Yeah, and obviously we have to continue to have a passion for sending people to what oh, you're yes, saying. Oh, yes, definitely. But it's almost like God is bringing them to our yes. doorstep. Yes, we do and, both. And it begs the question of what are we going to do mm-hmm. now that they're right in our backyard? Um, but but I know you want to talk a little bit about a specific opportunity that we have coming up here. And, and specifically, it's related to Lincoln's Muslim population, uh, which is a significant portion of the immigrants that I know have come to the United States and specifically come to Lincoln. Uh, describe a little bit about uh, the unique Muslim population mm-hmm. in Lincoln. Well, Lincoln actually has, I believe, three different mosques. We have a Sunni mosque, a mm-hmm. Shia mosque, and a Bosnian mosque. Okay. Um, so that's kind of interesting to think about, that there are actually mosques right here in Lincoln where yeah. Muslim people are going to worship. This isn't just something that is far away in the Middle East or someplace on the other side of the world, but it's happening right here. Um, of the people groups um, that live in Lincoln, there are at least 16 Muslim people groups that now call Lincoln their home. Um some of these are coming just for a short time. So there are several Amani students that come to Lincoln every year, and they study at UNL or one of the other universities in Nebraska. They're here for a few years, and then they go back to Oman. Mm-hmm. That is an incredible opportunity because Oman is a country of, I think, around 5 million um, most of those people aren't Christians. There are very few Christians. I think it's like 0.7% Christian. Yeah. The people who are Christians are generally not Omani. They're foreign workers that are living there. So there's very, very few Christians among the Omani population. But these Omani students come here, and for a few years, they live here in Lincoln, and we have the opportunity to reach out to them, to build relationships, to show love, and to point them to Christ before they go home. Um, and just imagine if, if some of those students come here and hear the gospel and put their faith in Christ and then go back, how that gospel can continue to spread in that country. Mm. Um, some of the other of those 16 people groups that live here are actually people who've resettled here. So there's probably some big disturbance that's happening in their country, maybe probably a war, actually, mm. uh, war, civil unrest, and they've had to leave their country. And for a lot of them, they might never go back. They, they come here planning to stay, and they resettle here. So those would be um, people from Iraq, people from Afghanistan, people from Iran, um, Somalia, um, to name a few. There's other countries, too. Mm. It, it just strikes me, going to go back to your illustration, right? We're talking different tables set up in our in our <laughs> fellowship hall, right? And there, there's tables that would never have the opportunity to hear the gospel. And, and there's two things going on. Number one, God is sending us people from those tables who have never heard mm-hmm. the gospel into our table and saying, are you going to share Christ with them? He's also sending people, and then they're going to go back yes. to their table. And if, if they go back knowing the gospel and the love of Christ, what an incredible opportunity. Right. We don't have to send somebody to that table. Mm-hmm. We've got a natural built-in missionary who can take that mm-hmm. message back to their friends and okay. family. Yep. Okay, so then I know you what you want to encourage the Faith Bible family uh, to be praying for the Muslim population, specifically over the course of the weeks of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Um, but help us out here. Ramadan's coming up. When is it? What is it? Yeah, well, Ramadan, I believe, will start on April 12th and okay. will last all the way till May 12th. And Ramadan is a holy month for Muslims. Um, that is a month that they are going to be commemorating when they believe that Muhammad first started receiving revelations mm. for the Quran. So it is a very holy month for them. And they will observe it by fasting, not for the whole month, but during the daylight hours. So as soon mm. as sun is up to, to sundown, they won't eat. They won't even drink water. And if they're really devout um, 
they'll try not to swallow their saliva even. So it's just an extreme devotion to that. And during that time, they will also abstain from other things. So they're supposed to abstain from things like lying, from sinful behavior, from anger. The idea is really just trying to purify themselves, making themselves mm-hmm. really good in order to focus their their thoughts on their God, Allah. Um, and trying to please them. So they'll also do other good works. They'll give alms and they'll say prayers. And all of these things are designed by them to try to move themselves closer to God. Um, so basically to store up merit mm. with with their God. So that hopefully when they die, they've been able to accumulate enough merit. And if he's in a good mood, then he will admit them into heaven. But they really don't have that assurance mm. ever that that will happen. Mm, which is obviously one of the fundamental differences between Islam mm-hmm. and Christianity. I know there's a tendency to think, well, there's Allah and there's God, you right. know, and they're both God. What's what's the big difference? Mm-hmm. And this idea of redemption and forgiveness, as mm-hmm. opposed to merit-based righteousness, would yeah. be one of the tenets of our faith that would distinguish itself from Islam. Okay, so we, so we know we've got this population in our backyard. We understand this this event that's coming up, the significance um, in in the lives of those that are Muslim, that are, again, in our backyards, how can our listeners have an impact for the sake mm-hmm. of the gospel right now, this year, in Lincoln? Um, Ramadan can be a really good time to pray. Any time is a good time to pray for Muslims, but <laughs> right. especially during Ramadan, because this is a time of just a heightened spirituality in their minds. They're, they're trying to be close to God. Um, and so it can be a good time to have spiritual conversations with them, a good time to ask if you are working with a Muslim, if you're friends with a Muslim, if you somebody um, working at the store that you go to at the park, um, a time when you can engage them in a conversation and just learn, listen and learn from them what they're, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And sometimes God uses those opportunities to open up doors. Um, but I think what we really want to encourage people to do is just to really pray for them over this time that while they are putting this effort into seeking a false God, that the true God would reveal himself to them. Um, So actually, one of the people that we support who works in Lincoln among unreached people groups, your Muslim unreached unreached people groups, has actually put together a prayer guide Mm -hmm. that we can use. And we are really encouraging uh, members of Faith Bible Church to pick one up on April 11th. The Missions Council will be distributing those between the services. And we would just love it if individuals and families would grab one of these and just throughout the month of Ramadan, pray for the Muslim people here. The guide has um, the 16 Muslim people groups. It has a really nice picture of each group. It has a little bit of information about who these people are. And then it has some suggestions of ways to pray. Um, So that will be a really great resource. And we'd encourage you to just pray for those 29, 30 days um, Mm -hmm. that God would make himself known. Um, to these Muslim peoples who are our neighbors. So it would be from April 12th through mm-hmm. May 12th, give, yep. or, give or yep. take that period yep. of time. Yes, exactly. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so let me just ask you as a follow-up question to that. Let's let's encourage our listeners to pick those up, to pray for those. Is there anything else practically um, mm-hmm. people in Lincoln should be keeping their eyes open for, things that we could be doing uh, to have an influence here? Because odds are some of this information you've shared is brand new yeah. to some of our listeners, and they've yeah. never heard it before. I think there's a lot of opportunities. Um, if your kids are in public school, there's a possibility that they're going to school with a child who is from a Muslim background family, and you can reach out and be a friend to them. Um, it's hard being a child moving into a new culture, yep. um, and they need friends. And so reach out, be a friend, invite them into your family. Um, there are international students. Um, we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them, but we don't 
if we don't open our homes and our lives. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be maybe God would lead you to build a relationship with some international students. Um, if somebody just wants to learn more, um, there's a couple in our church that is working full time among Muslims, and they would just love to be able to talk with people more about what who Muslims are, what they believe, and ways to be involved. And there's a lot of volunteer opportunities with yep. their ministry. Yep. Um, very practical, not too scary. Um, simple ways that people can see a little bit of what it's like mm. and, and a little bit more. Um, but just beyond that, I think there's opportunities all around us. Um, yeah. My son and I, when we go to the grocery store, sometimes we will see somebody that is obviously... Um, maybe from a Muslim country just because of the way she's dressed, mm-hmm. and he's very sensitive to that. And so a lot of times we just pray together as we walk in through the store, and we'll pray that God would open doors for, for that lady to um, hear the gospel and to believe, and God bring people into her life. Mm. And it, it just made, it reminds me of last week's conversation with Tom on the gospel and your culture, talking about just inviting people into our homes mm-hmm. and some of those simple things of being the first one to reach out, being welcoming, being inviting, opening the doors of your home. Um, being being a neighbor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. weird, yes. right? <laughs> love God, love others. Uh, it's it's funny how that works. Uh, well, listeners, I, I do hope that this has been a helpful discussion for you. Hopefully what Elizabeth has shared here has raised your awareness a bit. Maybe you were like, I didn't know that there were those people groups in our in our country or in our in our city. I didn't know that there was basically seven thousand unreached people groups overseas. I, I didn't know some of this information. Um, but hopefully this has piqued your interest here a little bit. If if people want to know more specifically about this, you mentioned a couple in our church. Um, mm-hmm. can they contact you? Do you have some contact Definitely. information they yes. could reach out to you with? Yep, if definitely if they contact me. Um, my email is elizabethc at fbclnk.org, and I would love to put you in contact with them. Very good. Well, listeners, let me let me attempt to kind of wrap this all up here in, in just a bit of a bundle here for you. Keep in mind uh, that what, what Elizabeth shared here is we've got 40 unreached people groups here in our backyard here in Lincoln. That's about 14% of Lincoln's population that is either first-generation or second-generation immigrants that God has brought to our doorstep, and we have incredible opportunities uh, to share the love of Christ with them. We may not have thought of ourselves as cross-cultural ministry or ministers here in Lincoln, Nebraska, in the middle of the United States, but God has done something incredible in the last few uh, years uh, to bring these people right to our doorstep. And so over the course of Ramadan, this next few weeks from April 12th to May 12th, we would really encourage you uh, to be praying for these people, to, to pick up one of the prayer guides that the missions team will be handing out on April 11th. And if you're a mom or dad, take some time and walk through that prayer guide with your kids. Pray about uh, the people included in it. If you're a small group leader, grab your small group, encourage them to be praying together uh, for these people or, or neighbors or anyone else you know. Take some time, be praying for these people um, that God has brought to our doorstep. And then lastly, don't be hesitant to just reach out. It's amazing what, what a kind word and, and a welcoming smile will do and invite people into your homes. It's, it's amazing how that opens doors for gospel opportunities as well. Uh, Elizabeth, any, any final thoughts or encouragements on this subject for our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say pray. Um, we serve a God who hears prayer. That is incredible yeah. because our Muslim neighbors are going to spend this next month fasting and praying to a God who will not hear them. Um, and they're putting so much effort into to serving a God who cannot hear. And we have a God who hears our prayers. Beyond that, he's not just a God who hears our prayers, but he is a God who has all power. So he's actually able to answer prayer. Hmm. That's pretty incredible. Um, and then we know um, from the Bible that 
God will judge sin. He will judge sin. But he's also a God who's merciful and who longs for people to repent and turn to him. So we can pray for Muslims in our area, knowing that it's not too hard for God to change their hearts, that God desires for some of them to come to salvation in him. Mm-hmm. And we see um, in Revelation 5 that he says that he's purchased people with his blood from every nation and all these tribes and peoples. So we can know from that that God has purchased some of these people who are currently following a false God for himself. And then we just have the confidence from Revelation 7 that in the end, there will be worshipers before his throne from every nation, tribe, people, um, that they will be there. Some of those will be people who right now are Muslims and who are serving a false god, but God will save some of them. And that gives us just a lot of confidence in praying. And so my encouragement would be um, to pray and to pray boldly. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, listeners, like I said, hopefully this has been encouraging uh, for you. We do really encourage you to engage in this opportunity to join with uh, the missions team and others in praying for those that are um, maybe yet to be called <laughs> or maybe yet to be to be drawn, and, and God might use you um, to be praying for them, to be uh, reaching out with the love of Christ to them. Um, that, that just that just brings us to a close for this week. It, it seems like such a relevant topic to be talking about with this coming Sunday, Tom continuing his Simply Jesus sermon series, obviously talking about Easter, the hope we have in the resurrection of Christ. Um, and some of what Elizabeth was even sharing reminds me of those videos that are going to be dropping tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, talking about what was going on on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday leading up to Easter. Or what are we anticipating? Uh, what were the disciples thinking? We'd encourage you to keep an eye out for those in the coming days. And then remember that our Easter services will be taking place on Saturday and Sunday this year, Saturday at 6 p.m. and then Sunday at 8, 9.30 and 10.45. We would really encourage you to join us for those. And uh, just like we were talking about, invite a friend. Easter is a great opportunity. There's a lot of people considering things, um, asking spiritual questions. We'd encourage you to invite them, have them come with you uh, to the services on Easter. Now, next week, I'm really excited because we're going to have one of our ministry leads on the podcast talking about his ministry, the significance of of Christ in his life and how that flows out into the ministry he has here at the church and what that means for the area he oversees. So I'd encourage you to keep tuned for that. And then obviously on April 14th, we're going to be starting our series, What Does the Bible Say About? And I'm really excited for our first topic on that subject as well. And that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, for taking the time to be along for the ride. If it's been helpful to you, we'd encourage you to share it with somebody, rate the podcast or comment on it to help other people find it. And uh, we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.